thank you so much for joining us today on episode number 99 of the Real Life Runners podcast. Today we're going to party like it's 1999 and talk about our identities and how we tend to place other people and ourselves into categories because categories are easy. But what we sometimes fail to realize is that we and others can change. So categories, while useful, can sometimes hold us back. This is the Real Life Runners Podcast, and we're your hosts, Kevin and Angie Brown. Thanks for spending some time with us today. Now let's get running. So this weekend, we are going to party like it's 1999 because it is my 20th high school reunion. Woohoo! Last <laughs> week, and I partied like it was 2002-ish. <laughs> like when we were back in college. Like we were back in college. Because you went, he was like, Kevin was off on a bachelor party weekend last weekend. With college friends, so... Staying up past midnight. I know. Way, way, way past, past midnight. midnight. <laughs> it was not okay. I was, by, by, like, we're day, too old for this stuff. By day three, I was, I was hardly <laughs> functional. It was not... It is not right at all. Yeah, so it's it's funny. It just kind of got us thinking about life and obviously running as always and how, you know, we tend to place people into categories and sometimes it's hard to recognize that people can change and sometimes people can change a lot extensively. You know, like we were just back in California visiting Kevin's family and it, it was so funny because Kevin and I were talking and interacting like we normally do, but then there was some times that I noticed that you, Kevin started to kind of revert back into kind of the way that he was when living at home, probably. Well, I mean, when there's a picture on the wall of you at age, you know, three months and a year and three months and (laughs) two years and three months, and that's the wall that you walk by as you head back to the the room that you're staying in, which is no longer my bedroom, thankfully, at least. Yeah, Um, we are staying in the guest room We do get the guest room. We've graduated to the guest room. Um, (laughs) We moved out of a twin bed. Um, But... That's that's the house I grew up in. Like it's not like my parents moved to a different house. Like that is my house. So when I step back into it, yeah. it's literally stepping back into childhood. And since we visit it, you know, annually, it's a little different than when we go over to your house because we're over at your mom's on a more regular basis. Yes. So there's sort of a different feel. Like when I go back to my family, they see me as the kid who used to live there. Yeah. And I kind of fall back into the role of the kid who used to be there. Sometimes you do. Yes. And then I have to point it out to you. Yes. And, re- you know, be like, you know, the, it, that's not that's you're, not how we do you're things You're a grown-up now. <laughs> yeah, you're a grown-up, babe. It's okay. You can have an opinion. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, Kevin, and then, Ke- then you had your bachelor party weekend where you got together with your college friends. Which I was really worried about, honestly, because I am definitely not the same person that I was back in college. I substantially evolved from that, um, standing upright and whatnot. Um, standing upright evolved. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I was a little worried because I knew some of the guys who were coming back on this trip and the, the person that I was then is definitely not who I was now. And I'm like, well, I don't really want to revert back to that. Yeah. But it's, it's very different than interacting with my family because these people have also evolved. Mm -hmm. They are also no longer college kids. Like the one is about to get married. The other one is married with kids. Like 
most of the guys at this bachelor party have small children. Yeah. So it's a whole different group of people. Mm -hmm. And it was really weird because I was slightly nervous that people were going to fall back towards college and everybody had changed. So there was just, there wasn't even anything awkward about it. It Mm -hmm. was like, oh yeah, your cousin, I remember when he was in eighth grade. Now he's got a one year old. Mm -hmm. Like, and, and everybody just is this complete new person. And you, you still you still know each other. You're still friends with each other. Right. It, you can so quickly fall back into that aspect mm-hmm. without having to fall into the negative side of it too. Which That's was, true. Which was really nice from a, a friend perspective is how easily you were able to have comfortable conversations with everybody because mm. you didn't have to have that awkward small talk at the beginning where it's like, I've never met you. Where are you from? Like, mm-hmm. like you just, you move past that. You've done all of that stuff. Yeah. I feel like that's different for guys also. You like I, I, the way that guys and girls are, but there are definitely those people in your life. Thank goodness for those people because it's true. Like no matter how much time passes, those people are still your people. Yeah. And, and you can revert back to the conversations with them almost like no time has passed, even though you know extensive amounts of time have, have passed and a lot has happened in that time. A lot has happened. Yeah. I mean, there was one guy that I haven't seen basically since we graduated. Mm-hmm. And I mean, we showed up and just slid right back in as yeah. though we were, you know, a week off of graduation and yeah. the conversation just smoothly happened. Whereas we both have, have families and kids. Mm-hmm. Right. And then we've got my high school reunion this weekend. And so it's interesting because when you go back to these things, and I think that, you know, social media makes it a little bit different nowadays because you can keep up with people a lot more. So, right, so you don't have to start every conversation with, are you married? Do you have kids? Yeah. Like, you don't, <laughs> a lot of times, you know, that basic information, like, you know, the statistics, you know, you know, yes. are you married? Do you have kids? Uh, you know, what do you do for a living? Maybe like, maybe you know that. I, I don't know, you know, but I feel like social media in one sense makes it a little bit easier to catch up with people. But again, you don't always know how they've changed. And it's on sometimes a level. on a you, deeper level, you know, this superficial, yeah. you know, that they're married, you know, maybe what their job is, you know, they moved to a different state. Yeah. Like you've got that. But it's sometimes funny though, because you, Maybe depending on how frequently they post and how much they share when they post, you know, like you still have this idea about who they were back in high school or back in college or, you know, or who you were when you knew them, you know, like I know that I'm definitely a different person now than I was in high school for sure. And I have grown and evolved a lot as well. Also standing upright. There you go. Um, and, and realize that some of the, some of the ways and some of the, habits and personality traits that I had in high school are not the most positive. Looking back, you're sort of like, man, I wish I was a little more evolved at that time. Yeah. You know, like, you know, when you act out of insecurity, like most people do in high school, Yeah, you know, you know, sometimes you treat people in different ways and like, you know, kindness obviously is the most important thing. Um, but sometimes you feel like you need to prove yourself to other people. And sometimes you act like you need to prove yourself. And I think that I've gotten, I've finally gotten away from that. Whereas in high school, I would try to do things to like prove my worth. I mean, it's, it's rare to find a high school kid who does not go out of their way day in and day out to either hide mm-hmm. or prove that they're better than the people around them. Yeah. Like you basically have one of those two choices. Yeah. And, you know, I talk to a lot of the, the kids that I teach because I'm, I, I'm surrounded by the high school students and you can see the kids that are like trying to boost themselves up. And it's like, mm-hmm. 
if you can ever catch that kid, yeah. that really proud, boastful kid, if you can catch him solo and just, just let him know, hey, you don't have to push other people down mm-hmm. to make yourself step up. Yeah. And, and I've, I've made that comment to a couple of kids and really caught them off guard. And I'd be like, this doesn't need to have an extensive conversation. If you wanted to, we can talk. But just just keep that thought in mind. Because they, in order to make themselves look better, they just push everybody else down around them. Yeah. And, you know, so then you go, you leap 20 years in the future, you go to the high school reunion, you're like, ooh, I remember that kid. That kid picked on everybody else. Mm-hmm. But they probably grew up from that. Mm-hmm. Hopefully. Hopefully. <laughs> and they probably did so out of insecurity. I think that now, 20 years later, we understand human nature better. Yes. And you understand why... Why, why did I do some of those things? So, you know, some of the other people that I was surrounded with, why were they doing some of those things? Like, why were they acting in those ways? Like, maybe you can have a little bit of a better understanding. So let's get back to the category idea. Now, yes. categories are easy, right? Like, the brain naturally wants to organize information, and categories help. So Yeah, because you can only put so many people in your head at mm-hmm, one time. Right. I, I, can't remember. I, I heard it or read it somewhere that you can't really wrap your head around more than like 200, 250 people. Okay. So once you have like the, a group of like a thousand, you can't in your head individualize a thousand people. So you cluster them. Okay. Like, oh, this group of people, they're all basically, this is this is how you categorize mm-hmm. them. Well, so in high school, I mean, that's a lot of the sizes of high schools, yeah. right? So then you've got the athletic ones, the jocks, and you've got the smart kids, and you've got, you know, people f- fall into into these categories when really everybody is so multifaceted. There's a lot of nuance to people, but it's so so much easier to just say, nope, here's your stereotype. We're jumping into this category. Exactly. And that was like the thing about me is like I was so much – I was in a lot of different groups. Like I wasn't really one group. Yeah, you were even even way more groups than I was, and I thought that I was kind of expanded. But, I mean, Mm -hmm. you – you stereotypically fit into all of them, so you right. were uncategorizable. Uncategorizable? <laughs> That's what I'm going with. But I feel like there was, I'm sure people still categorized me. Yes. You know, like I would say that, you know, I was friends with the smart kids because I was in the honors classes. I was friends with all the athletes because I was athletic and on all the sports teams. Like, so I fit into a lot of the different groups at the school. So, but I still feel like people categorize me in some way. I'm sure. Yeah. Because especially people that didn't know me or people that were almost put off or intimidated or whatever, then they have to negatively categorize you so Mm. they can feel better about themselves. Well, or, (laughs) you know, if they knew me from sports, but they didn't know that I was also smart, then I just was, you know, athletic in their head. Right. That was one of the big things that I had going in high school. So it depends on their perception. Is I had friends who didn't run at all Mm. and that's who I hung out with during lunch every day. Yeah. So it, they didn't care that I had a meet the day before, that I had a meet that afternoon, whatever it was. They didn't care if I had a terrible race the day before right because that was not the topic of lunch Mm -hmm. no one there was eating or no one there was prepping to run no one there had had the athletic ability Mm -hmm. in in any sport that was my smart group that was my like math and science crew Mm -hmm. so yeah so I mean we tend to put labels on people and or things right there's good I just did it good and bad (laughs) yeah you did good and bad there's your friends there's your enemies hopefully you don't have any enemies um right but opposites make it so much easier if someone's yeah. not your friend, then they're probably an enemy. Mm-hmm. It's that middle gray ground is a little awkward. So once you, you start seeing somebody, you then 
put them into one of those two categories. Mm. If you interact with somebody, they're either a friend or they're negative. They're towards the enemy side. Mm-hmm. The food that you're eating is either healthy or it's unhealthy. Or running or exercise is healthy. Healthy or unhealthy. Unhealthy, right. Whereas everybody thinks exercise is healthy, but exercise can quickly become unhealthy when it becomes an obsession. Yeah. And when, you know, you, depending on what your practice is around exercise and your mindset around exercise is, that can quickly become unhealthy and become more of an addiction. Right, very much. So, But in our head, it's it's really nice to just look at things and be like, okay, this is good, this is bad. And mm-hmm. essentially, by creating these opposites, by creating this polarity to everything, it makes categorizing it easier. Yeah. Okay? If you get so focused on the detail, then making decisions about what you want to do gets so complicated. So you just quickly put things into categories of positives and negatives, mm-hmm. and, and it draws a solid line in between them, mm-hmm. whereas that line is actually remarkably blurry. Very blurry, right. So they're easy, but they're also dangerous because categories, like we just said, oversimplify things. They don't take into consideration all the nuance and all the blurred area. And the problem with this is when we then start to apply morality to the categories, right? Like that person is a good person versus a bad person or that food is good or bad. Like don't get me started on that one. Oh no, we can. We can definitely get you started on that one. <laughs> that food is good, that food is bad, that exercise is good, that exercise is bad. And not yeah. not just good for you, but literally Good versus bad, as though running is somehow morally better than not running. Mm -hmm. And it's not, there's not an ethical choice there. There's nothing ethical about it. And same thing with food. Like, you know, like people say, oh, the the good food, there's good foods and there's bad foods. Or Or can we use your favorite? Please, come on, you got to go for it. My favorite? Guilty pleasures. Oh, guilty pleasure. The most, I, I, I hate it when people describe food as a guilty pleasure. Because if something is pleasurable, then why should you feel guilt when doing it. Like, no. like the f- no. food should eat not a, be a guilty pleasure. Eat a donut and just freaking enjoy just it. Just enjoy it. <laughs> don't feel guilty about it. Just enjoy it. Don't do it every day. Don't do it every meal. But if you're going to have a good donut, then enjoy it. But that's what we did when we were out in California. We went to the amusement park. Mm-hmm. That... Neither one of us looked at it as guilty pleasure. No, but that was so delicious. Most people around us, like I'm sure other tables so were ridiculous. actually using the phrase guilty pleasure as they enjoyed. What the heck was that thing? A was funnel a cake sundae. Funnel cake covered in soft serve ice, ice cream. cream covered in like a caramely chocolate hardening. It was ridiculous. Yeah, it was, it was so, so good. <laughs> it was so good. But we got one for the four of us also. Like, so we ate it, like, whereas some people got their own. Like, you look around, and, and again, I'm not going to judge. Like, you you have whatever makes you happy, but everything in moderation is, is kind of my mantra yes mantra but we also had that as like a pre-dinner appetizer and and (laughs) it was before dinner and it was fine it was not a bad thing to do and the girls didn't it's not like suddenly we were raising immoral kids because we gave them ice cream and sugar before dinner right and we came home my parents were like wait you had what like, oh, did they say something about it? Did you, the looks. Oh. It's like we explained during dinner what we had just eaten like 30 minutes this. beforehand, like 45 minutes beforehand. And they're both like, what you were doing, what? Because <laughs> in their eyes, we're the crazy health nuts from Florida. Right. 
And we're trying to explain what it was that we were eating. And yeah. it was just like, huh? There was confusion. Right. Because they had well, put a, us they... in this box as super healthy. Right. And not only are we super healthy, like, but I can't, we... I can't believe you would give that to your children. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Not only are we healthy, but we make our kids eat crazy healthy food, <laughs> like vegetables. So the fact that we both ate it and enjoyed the funnel cake sundae with our kids as an appetizer for dinner... <laughs> It was just like mind explosion. It was like, yeah, that was the choice we made. Well, and it was moving along. Yeah. Well, so I think it was probably that, and then also growing up, you probably weren't allowed to have dessert before dinner. Yeah, you know, right? only, only when you only when you get your braces tightened. Yeah. Well, that's a little different, poor girl, and you too. But I mean, it's one of those things that people think it's either right or it's wrong, it's good or it's bad. But food is not good or bad. Food is food. And you can choose to eat whatever food makes your body feel good. I mean, I think that's really what, like, your body can feel good, right? There is a yes. good yeah, when, not, it, when it comes to that. Your body doesn't feel morally good. What makes your body feel... Well. W- well is the better choice yeah. there. What makes your body feel healthy? What makes you feel happy? I had some some things last weekend for, for dinner mm. that as I was eating them... Tasted delicious. Yeah. And the next morning, I tried to get up and run, and my body was like, what are you doing? That, mm-hmm. and it's like, you can feel it, like, churning inside. Like, that was a poor choice. Mm-hmm. But Yeah, and two days later, you almost had it cleared out. Yes. Yes, it took a little while. <laughs> you were, like, laying, he was laying in bed, and I'm like, are you doing, are you going for a run? You're like, I'm not sure. And I'm like, why? Are you okay? Like, like, I need greens. I need more. I, <laughs> I don't think I ate a vegetable while I was there, except, like, the one time we cooked ourselves, and so I was in charge of dinner, so we we had like, you know, broiled asparagus because that was well delicious. Done. Well done. Yeah, I was so proud when you came home and told me that you made dinner for the bachelor party. And that was <laughs> so go. great. So anyway, back to to categories and, and food and people too. Like people sh- people are not good or bad, I, I don't think. I think that people no, make choices. Nuance. Well, people make choices. Yes. I think that's what it all comes down to is what, what are the choices that you're making and are they the right choices for you at this given point in time in your life? Yeah, exactly. And, and that's where the nuance comes in. That's where the nuance comes in. Like some choices might not be the best choice, but maybe that was the best choice you had right then. Mm-hmm. You know, and there's there's a lot of movies that have drawn down this track of like, you know, is there a good choice in this situation? It's like, well, right. if you're set up in a horrible situation, there's not a good choice. So looking at it on its own, it might not look even morally good, but... When you actually look into it, when you can see all the details, this is where the oversimplifying of black and white positive negative categories gets a little dangerous is it just it oversimplifies it too much and it applies morality where it doesn't really belong. There are simply choices. Because there's there's certain things in life that you just shouldn't feel guilty for that shouldn't, like you said, morality and ethics should not necessarily be in the cards for. Like dinner. Like dinner, yes. <laughs> dinner would be a good example. And same thing with exercise, Same really. thing with exercise. You know, I mean, exercise is good for you, for sure. Like, if you exercise, you will be a healthier person for the most part. Like, again, and, until you get down that path of maybe exercise addiction where you're over-exercising and then it can become a very unhealthy thing. Or where you're choosing exercise over days where where 
you really need some recovery time. Right. This is the thing. Like I knew heading into this weekend that I was going to, like, I don't have a consecutive day running streak, but I have a few months lined up in a row here where I've hit 200 miles in a month. Mm -hmm. And I knew that last weekend was going to end it. Mm. Like I could have gone on like three hours of sleep after staying up way too late, tried to wake up and run through the hills of North Carolina. I could have come back and tried to knock out like back-to-back 12-mile days to get there because I'm close. But in the big picture, it doesn't really matter. I made the healthier choice to have an extra rest day, to Mm -hmm. take some time off. I made the much bigger life choice to interact and have a good time with my friends Rather than I have to make sure that I get in this eight mile run. Mm-hmm. Like that's, it's just not worth it. It right. was more important to me to spend quality time with the people that I was with. Right. And fully enjoying the people that I was with. And if that meant that we were up way too late, well then I'm not going to get up the next morning and go out for a run and compromise my own health. Mm-hmm. I need to be able to get as much sleep as I could right then. Right. And, and then on the other hand, like, there, you can make the opposite choice depending on what's going on. Like if you know that you have a long run coming up the next day, then you might want to say no to that night out on the town with your friends. And maybe that would be the right choice for you at that time because, right. you know, maybe you signed up for a half marathon or a marathon and it, it's important to you. Like that is where your value and your priorities lie right now. And so for you to get the right amount of sleep, to get the right nutrition that you need so that you can have a productive run the next day, that might be the good choice for you. That might be what's right for you that day or that season of your life because yes. that's the, the choice that you made to prioritize during that season. That's a good one. During that season of your life right. at that time, given yeah. all the other circumstances going, that was a good choice. Mm-hmm. Exactly. All right. So trying to bring us back onto, onto the topic here a little bit. Um, our, our third major point here is the only constant in life is change itself. Uh, it's a great quote. I have no idea who said it, but I I've heard it a lot. It's, it's one of those inspirational quotes that goes up on posters inside of the classroom. So it's a good one. And it's, it's really true is people don't stay the same no matter what category you've put them into, in all likelihood, they have changed over time. Mm -hmm. Sometimes substantially, sometimes just a little bit, but people do change. Mm -hmm. So if we're faced and suddenly interacting with somebody that we've got placed into this nice little category for them, and they come up and, and they don't fit in that category anymore, we'll discount what we're looking at. We'll discount the current evidence being shown to us and try and keep them boxed into their little category because it's easy for us to keep them the way they were than to accept that change has actually happened. Ooh. So an example of this that also just happened last weekend is such a random thing. I'm sitting in the airport and I get a tap on the shoulder. Mm-hmm. Hey, coach. And I look over my shoulder and it's this kid who I coached I don't know, eight years ago, mm-hmm. like long enough ago that he is Wait, now... it was the kid? Yeah. Oh, I thought it was the dad. No, 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 kid. Oh, that's hilarious. Yeah. This That makes the story even better. I thought it was the dad that that you saw because the dad and the kid have the same have name. Have the same name, yes. <laughs> yes, and neither one of them go by senior or junior. They literally, they still, even though they're all grown up, go as big and little. Um, <laughs> so, no, the kid taps me on the shoulder. Again, the categories. Yes. Right? Despite <laughs> yeah. the evidence to the proper that, the, 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 is the son now taller than the dad too? Because uh, that would be even better. They got to be pretty darn close to the same height at mm-hmm. least. Yeah. Um, and, and the kid is, you know, certainly grown up by now, so he doesn't, he no longer has to be little anything. Like, He's, he's grown up, but the last time I saw him was, 
I think when he graduated high school. No, I met, we've seen him since then. He, the kid? Yeah, because his his sister. His sister then ran for us a couple yeah. for a so while we, afterwards. We've seen but, him since then. All right, so. But it's been a while. It's been a while. Yeah. It's certainly been since he was still in college. And when I see him, I see him like briefly. Oh yeah, we did because I saw him when he had like sketchy college facial hair. Because um, <laughs> every guy decides to make that choice, especially if they went to a high school that says you must be clean shaven. Yes. <laughs> In freshman year, they're like, "I'm growing a beard." Like you can't grow. I'm gonna a... be a lumberjack. You can't grow a beard. Doesn't matter. I'm just not shaving. See, I just categorize lumberjacks. All lumberjacks don't have beards. Well, they should. <laughs> um, anyway, so, so he taps me on the shoulder. He goes, "Hey, coach," and. Um, then tried to start having a conversation with me and kept calling me like Mr. Brown because I only coached him once. I taught him. So yeah. he, I was Mr. Brown to him before it was coach Brown. And, uh, <laughs> I'm like, um, Paul, you're, you gotta be in your upper twenties. I'm not sure exactly on, on how old you are. Cause all, once these kids graduate, they all then are either still in college or to me, they're all 27, right. all of them. Or, or please don't let me know how old you are. Cause that's just going to like make me feel even older. I already had to do the math of the kid who I'm pre- was like in eighth or ninth grade when I graduated college, who was now on the trip out drinking with us I'm yeah, like, on oh, the bachelor party. Oh God. Yeah. Um, and that makes me, let me hold on. Let me check the math old. All right. Um, <laughs> So I'm like, Paul, you, you, you can call me Kevin. It's going to be okay. He goes, I can try to do that. It's not easy. No, it's really not it's easy. It's really not easy because Kevin works at my old high school. Like that's <laughs> where he teaches and coaches. And so some of the people that are still there are my old teachers and coaches. And, coaches. and I still have a hard time with some of them. Yes. Some of them I, I've been able to kind of transition over, but... Man, some of them I just can't. And we're we're running out of teachers that yeah. were that were there when you were there. So um. because I graduated twenty years ago, <laughs> but we're gonna party <laughs> like it's nineteen ninety nine. Perfect. God, no one's gonna listen to this podcast. I'm singing in the middle of it. All right. So I think I'm gonna put that in the show notes as like a teaser, just perfect. so mo- more people tune in. Fantastic. So. Anyway, in my head, this kid is, like, basically just graduated high school. Like, in my head, this kid should still really be in college. And I start talking to him about what he's doing. He's like, oh, well, I've graduated. I've got this job. It's like a big data processing. You know, I was going this direction, but I changed my major over to this. Now he's he gets he's into rock climbing. He bought a bus that he wants to retrofit so that he can, like, tour the country and go rock climbing all over the place. I'm like... I mean, all of these things make sense to me, but how are you going to pull that off when you're only 19? And it's like, no, <laughs> he's not. He's not still 19. Right, right. And uh, but, but you categorizing him as a 19-year-old makes it easy and simple because then you also, by categorizing others, especially time-wise, I think, in yeah. our lives, same thing with like reunions, like it's one of those things that when you categorize him there, that puts you in this category of how you knew him and how old you were when you knew him. And so then now realizing that he is graduated from college and a real guy out in the world and having a job and an adult, (laughs) essentially, then you're like, wait, now I have to think about who am I? Like, how old am I? Like, you you then have to recategorize yourself. Yourself. Yeah. Which then gets a little tricky. So... When we went back to their house, because he was like, you should come back to my parents' house. And so we did. Um, And this is just a real short aside here. 
um, I went down the hall to go to the bathroom, and just like at my house, they have the entire wall of pictures. It's the, the grade school pictures from high school senior, and as you walk down the hall until they're like preschool picture. Aww. Like, you move quick down the hall, and it's just like a time-lapse picture of the kid getting younger and younger and younger. Aww. So then I was like, wait, that's the one I know. I know I knew you when you were that size. <laughs> <laughs> so it kind of gave, gave me something to stay stable in. But is you make a really good point there of if you look at somebody and you say how much they've changed, then you have to evaluate yourself. Right. Because I think that it's one of those things that you don't always realize how much you've grown or changed over time. It's, it's the same thing as if someone sees your kid, right. And like someone that hasn't seen your kid for a while, they're like, Oh my God, she's so big. And I'm like, Oh really? Like, because I didn't notice. Yeah. It just, it just happens because day by day by day by day, she doesn't grow a lot every single day. She grows a tiny, teeny in you know, inconsequential bit. Yes. But when you add that up over the course of a year, she's grown a lot. Right. Yeah. A couple inches. A couple of inches. According to the wall at your mom's house. Yes. And so <laughs> then when, you know, if you see somebody only every couple of years, mm -hmm. there could be huge changes. And so you're like, wow, you're a completely different person. And then that makes you hopefully think to yourself, right. wait, maybe I'm not locked in place also. Yeah. Because we, I mean, as much as it's hard to see the, the small changes in our kids, it's even harder to see the small changes in ourselves because mm -hmm. we are never not with ourselves. Right. So the same way we like to put other people into boxes, we like to categorize ourselves. Yeah. So outside of huge monumental changes, we never see how much we're growing over time. I don't think it, I don't think we should say never, but I think that it is definitely harder and it requires some self-reflection. That's the thing. We, we never see it without trying. Yeah. Like it's hard to actually, like you have to really apply yourself mm -hmm. to see the growth that you've been going through. And I think that's one of the benefits of keeping a journal or taking photos of yourself. Like if you are in a health journey, a fitness journey, a weight loss journey, a running journey, like taking regular photos of yourself is a good thing. Like, so that is one of the benefits of the selfie craze. I mean, everyone can go a little overboard sometimes, but taking regular pictures of yourself is a good thing because it can help you see how far you've come. Same thing with keeping a journal. When you write down your thoughts every day of what you're grateful for, and if you ever go back and look and see like what you were grateful for a couple of years ago versus what you were grateful for now, or writing down your vision for your life to try to, you know, breathe that into existence, start writing down what you want for your life. We talked about this last week, I believe, about acting like the person that you want to be, start acting like that person today, like start breathing that person into existence by the actions that you're taking because, and then take time then to reflect and understand and realize how much you actually have changed over time and how much you have grown and improved as an individual. Yeah. I mean, that's a great way of actually taking account of yourself. Cause if you don't take the time to actually consider the changes that you're, you've undergone your, your personal growth, you're just going to put yourself in these categories. Mm -hmm. And once you've categorized yourself as, you know, I'm, 
really any statement that starts with I am. Yeah. I'm this. And well, I, I'm and, an introvert. I'm an extrovert. Mm-hmm. I'm a boring person. I'm healthy. I'm unfit. Like whatever that thing is, yeah. then that's your category. And so then. Well, I think it even goes, sorry to interrupt you, but it goes even deeper than just a category. Like when you start a statement with I am, that I was just listening to a podcast last week that was talking about this. Like the phrase I am, that hits us at our deepest part of our self-identity, yes. right? So if you're saying, I I am always late, or I am, you know, a procrastinator, I am never on time, like, that is then, in your subconscious brain, p- becomes a part of who you are as your identity, because that's what you're giving it. I am this. Right, because your subconscious doesn't know the difference between, like, a story and a fact, so mm-hmm. it just treats everything as a fact. So if you say, uh, I-, I am happy then it just tells you, no, you're, you're a happy person. Mm-hmm. But if you say, I'm not good enough, right. I'm going to fail at this thing, mm-hmm. that's what your brain knows. It mm-hmm. knows it as a fact. It right. doesn't, it's not a thing that it questions. Like, yeah, I'm sure you're good enough. It just says, oh, I'm not good enough? Okay, gotcha, I'm mm-hmm. not good enough. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and sometimes we do question it. Sometimes we do question those things. But isn't it funny how we tend to question the good things that we say about ourselves? And <laughs> yeah, they're, don't they're question so much the, easier. And don't question the bad things as much, right? Like, we tend to believe the bad things automatically like think about how many compliments you've received in your life probably a lot of compliments that's people over the course of your life there is a lot of compliments that I'm sure people have given you and how many times has someone said something really nasty to you Right, but which ones do you remember? Which ones do you remember? Which ones do you remember with detail? You know, like with detail, you knew exactly where you were. You saw, you can hear that person's voice again when they say that negative comment to you. Right, because you blow off the compliments because yeah. unless it's a compliment that, that matches with what you've already told yourself, right. I am this, then it didn't mean anything to you. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, sure, I'm, they're probably just being nice. Probably just being nice to me, yeah. And it's a great way of just ignoring what was actually a genuine compliment mm-hmm. because it didn't already match. Mm-hmm. Whereas if someone says something nasty to you, either it catches you so off guard or it hits something that you've already told yourself. Right. And then it digs in deep. Yeah. And so then the problem then becomes these categories then become part of our identity, even like consciously or subconsciously. And then when we are faced with a challenge or something new in our life, we then decide whether or not we can take on that challenge based on the categories that we've placed ourselves in. Right. So if the category is I'm not good enough or I'm an unfit person or whatever, and something, some athletic challenge poses yourself or, you know, you're starting a health journey or whatever it is, as soon as you hit the first hiccup in the road... And there will be hiccups. Oh, guaranteed hiccups. Right. You're, you're detouring. You're done. Yeah. You're done with that thing because you've already told yourself, I fail at things. Right, because... I don't you, follow through. You go out for that first run or that first run after some time off or the first week, you, you know, if you don't feel great in the first week, like, and you're like, oh, well, this running just not for me. Like, <laughs> you know, how many of your friends probably have told you that? Because you're obviously a runner. You're listening to this podcast. But how many of your friends that you talk to have said, oh, I wish I could run, you know, oh, I wish I could do (laughs) what you do. Like, 
you can, everyone can, like you just have to do it the right way. And so then they go out and they try it for a week. Like, Oh no, my, my knees hurt when I went out to run. So I just must not be a runner. Yeah. Or, you know, if, if you're listening, you've taken any extended time off, you know, day three coming back is awful. Oh, it's like the whole first two weeks are no, because one of those first couple of days, like if you take it real easy on the first day, like you accept that it's going to be a little rough and you're well, like, the first okay, day this you're is just fine. excited to be back out there. Right. So you got that going. Yeah. The second day, unless you went way too strong, stupid hard on day one <laughs> day two is going to be okay and then day three where you're still going but now it's got that that cumulative buildup of fatigue and you're just like oh i remember this part this this is why i stopped running in the first place and you just have to get through a few more days yeah. because you know that it gets better on the back end of it but if you've never done running before you're like oh well I was okay on one. I was fine on two. Day three is awful. Mm -hmm. It's clearly only getting worse. I'm stopping here. All right. And it's the same thing like if you're a runner, then maybe you're the kind of runner that goes out and runs the same pace and the same loop every day. And you decide, okay, maybe I'm going to start to challenge myself. And so you start to do a little speed work or you start to or you, maybe you pick a race of a distance that you've never run before, like a half marathon that you're going to train for, and you start to feel those things again. You're like, oh, no, maybe I should just stick to what I – Stick to what I know. Yeah, stick to what I'm good at. Yeah. Oh, I'm I'm good at this. Mm -hmm. I shouldn't I shouldn't try anything else. Yeah. Sure you should. Mm -hmm. It's that's how you know where you can actually grow. Because Change is uncomfortable. And inevitable. <laughs> like you can't just keep doing the same things because yeah. you're not even gonna stay in the same place. Right. You're going to fall backwards. That's I mean, we had a whole thing on that one is you can't just stay in the same place by doing the same things. You'll eventually just start slipping in the wrong direction. Right, because the body accommodates. So Basically, the whole idea of this is just helping you to understand that there are these categories, there are these limitations that we place on ourselves without even realizing it. So we need to be aware, like you need to be aware of the limitations that you have put on yourself. We can find situations where we can look at somebody else who is so far out of the box that we put them into that we have to move them. That we're like, wow, look at the substantial change they've made in our life. Mm -hmm. But it's a lot harder to do it with ourselves because, like you said, when, when you're looking at like kids who've grown up, if you know, you've got those relatives that you only see every year, every couple of years, they're like, wow, your kids are sprouting. And you're like, I, I guess, but they barely grow in from your point of view. It's the same thing. If you see somebody who's changed substantially, you have to move them. You're forced to find a new place to put them. But it's harder to do it on your own because the changes are small and gradual. So You mean when looking at yourself? When, you're, when looking at okay. yourself. So you literally have to say, I'm not in this category. I'm not in any category. I'm on a growth journey. Let's see where this takes me. Mm -hmm. And not even like I'm I'm in this category now, but I'm going to be in that category. No, no. just stop categories. Just abandon the categories. You're not in any category. Right. You're simply growing to become the best version of you that you can possibly be, whatever path that is. And yeah. it's not going to be a straight path. No. It's not going to be from category A over to category B where I'm healthy and happy. It's just a continuous journey of moving towards healthier and happier and just full of love and and gratitude. Full of love and gratitude. I love it. And I think that you just need to realize that you not you are not one of these predefined categories and you can't limit yourself based on those categories. You are simply you. And 
the idea of you and who you are can be anything you want it to be. You just have to start acting like the person that you want to be and you will be the person that you want to be. And that really is the takeaway of this lesson. So you want to wrap it up for us? Let's do it. So thank you guys, as always, for joining us today. For show notes, check out our website at realliferunnerspodcast.com. We also have a new free resource about the 12 mistakes holding runners back. And you can find that audio training and ebook over at realliferunners.com forward slash mistakes. Thank you again for joining us as always and choosing to spend your time with us today. This has been the Real Life Runners podcast, episode number 99. Now get out there and run your life. 